I think it's, it's, it's so important to sort of share what's out there and get people who might have that little flicker of passion or interest, I should say, or curiosity uh, for space. It can really just ignite ignite that within somebody um which i think is really cool sarah longcore welcome to backyarders uh please tell us a little bit about yourself hi todd thanks for having me um so my name's sarah longcore and i have been doing astrophotography for oh 18 months I think it is uh so since February last year um I got into this um quite abruptly didn't know anything about it and saw the moon through a cheap telescope one day and I was hooked fantastic and um you take you've um shared some amazing images and um and also um information about your imaging equipment setups um, and involving women and girls in astronomy. Where can people find um, your work on social media? Um, primarily on Instagram at the moment. Um, and I go by stella.astro.aus, uh, so S-T-E-L-L-A. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm going to, I think, eventually launch a, a website and um, Facebook, but for now it's, it's mainly Instagram. So what has happened for you this morning? So the um, Radiant Raptor that's just been released has arrived at my doorstep and it's very freaking exciting. So what, um, what are the specs on that? Because I, um, I saw that you had one on the way, lucky thing, um, but I don't know anything about it. They're, they're like totally new, are they? Yeah, um, so they, they were just released. It is a 61 millimetre F4.5 triplet. Um, it It's beautiful. Like, I can't... It's amazing. Oh, right. <laughs> so, so it's something like 280 millimetre focal length? Uh, 275. Five? Yeah, wow. oh, sorry, 274. Wow. But yeah. really light and excellent for travel. Yeah, so I'm holding it in my hand and <laughs> it would be maybe like two, two handfuls, if that makes sense. Um, it's just, oh, I, like you can see pictures of it and it's amazing, but holy crap, just looking at it in real life. Yep. Is that, a, did you say, is it a doublet or a triplet? A triplet. Oh my God, really? Oh, wow. Fantastic. Yeah. And the guys were not joking when they talked about the open box experience. Like it's so many goodies in here. There's two dovetails. Um, you have an option there. The rings on the scope are amazing. So they're not your, your typical, um, you know, scope rings. They, they have cable management built in, so you can actually hide the cables uh, through the rings, and which is really cool because no one likes cables. Well, I don't. <laughs> um, what else have we got? There's a cleaning cloth, um, which is really cool because it's got uh, sort of the back end of the scope is um, your, your high gloss and then the front is a matte black and holy crap it just looks so amazing together um there's a radiant decal which yours truly uh made so i'm i'm so proud and excited um you know that my work is out there too i didn't design the logo but <laughs> i um cut all the decals and shipped them over to the us so the this one in particular has had quite an adventure oh wow I had no idea you'd contributed that. That's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. So I, I, I was just um, saying to, to Mac Murdoch um, that I'm quite emotional opening this telescope um, 
and proud. And so I couldn't imagine how they're, they're feeling with it, um, you know, with all the work that they put into it. I mean, I, I just made the decals. <laughs> so, yeah, it's um, crazy. Wow. So, so you're, you're on this incredible journey and part, a big part of that is um, as an OPT affiliate, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So how did you get involved in that? Um, so starting astrophotography, like I had no idea about anything and it wasn't until COVID, um, hit, I think I was just on Instagram and, um, I think I stumbled across, maybe it was Kat Machen, um, the space artist and then her connections to, uh, Dustin from OPT that I found, I found Dustin's Instagram and he mentioned that they do a, um, a Twitch stream on yeah, over on their, their channel over there. So um, I got right involved um, from watching the Twitch stream and uh, back then Dustin was streaming it every, every day pretty much. Um, and yeah, built this amazing community and I became an affiliate by, um, or learning about OPT because, you know, being in Australia, I guess my first port of call is Australian stores. Um, but, yeah, after finding OPT and their affiliate program, um, yeah, I'm all team OPT. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Fantastic. Yeah. Oh, that's just fantastic. Yeah, it, it's brilliant. It really is. So what an exciting day for you. Yeah. Yep. And I wasn't expecting it to arrive until Thursday tracking was saying, and I just happened to um, actually wouldn't have even known it was here because the delivery guy didn't ring the doorbell. Um, but we've luckily got a bit of frosted glass at the front door and I saw a bit of a shape there and I'm like, Oh, Oh, I know what that is. <laughs> no way. So th they were just going to drop and run. Yeah, he did. Yeah. yeah. Your brand new <laughs> nearly 300 millimeter triplet. <laughs> On the doorstep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Dog delivery drivers. <laughs> I have to say, I did. I have been known to actually chase delivery drivers for Astro Gear. Really? Uh, yes. I, <laughs> I, I caught one sort of, I was sort of heading home thinking, oh, I reckon they've just said it's coming today. And so I like quickly chuffed off home. And um, they were pulling out of my street as I was pulling in. So I stopped him and said, oh, are you just at, you know, my address? And and he was like, yeah. And I'm like, okay, follow me home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can follow me home now. Yeah, yeah. You can just give me what's in your truck and then you can go. That's okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> probably do the same. <laughs> it is always exciting, isn't it? It's always yeah. exciting. Because so, yep. you are one of the um, most socially involved people on Instagram, I think, like ever since I started, which wasn't very long ago, um, you've always been there and, um, uh, and you're an OPT affiliate and you've talked a bit about that. And you're also involved in our local astronomical society. Yeah, um, I think I, I started the... Instagram because I was just I didn't didn't even know astrophotography existed um before I took a photo of the moon through a cheap I don't know if your um podcast is PG so I won't swear <laughs> um through a cheap crappy telescope um in the backyard here it's some terrible light, didn't even know what light pollution was um but yeah took a photo of the moon uh with my phone and yeah I'm like well what what else can I take photos of so I've never um I did yeah like I said I didn't even know it existed and I think I started Instagram because I took my first photo was Orion of course as most people's is um and I'm like, this is so cool. Like I have to show people this stuff. And then I got on Instagram and I'm like, holy crap, a whole lot of other people are doing it too. <laughs> and then, um, then I found Asa um, and joined that and have met some amazing people um, through there. And I'd be very, very sad to leave 
uh, the state soon, but um, yeah, some lifelong friends, friends there and big things happening in ASA too. So, which is really exciting. Oh, wow. So what's happening in ASA? Oh, I don't know how much I can say. Oh, um, yeah, yes, don't <laughs> but, let any cats out of yeah. the <laughs> But um, just involving getting more women into um, astron- astronomy and astrophotography and stuff like that. So, yeah, that's that's really exciting because, um, you know, my first experience of, a, a, I guess, an astrophotography um, group was walking into a room in a, in a meeting um, and feeling very out of place and not sure if I should be there because I was the only uh, female and the rest um, were older males. So, <laughs> which are now some of my really good friends. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited to get some more women involved and have a comfortable and safe um, place for them to get started on all this. Absolutely. Fantastic. And by the way, I've just looked up, I've got your Instagram open um, on screen while we're talking uh, stella.astro.aus and your first moon photo is up there uh, June 19 if people want to go find it and um, I do note that you were warned be careful you will soon be married for life with astronomy yeah <laughs> not wrong <laughs> yeah and yeah, and you've replied too late <laughs> yeah so you, knew, you knew even then before yes. all this meteoric rise and experience that you've that you've been having on this journey, so um, so ASA, so that's the Astronomical Society of South Australia, and they're doing some work to um, um, involve more women and girls in in astronomy. Um, mm-hmm. And you have also you've started um, a, a an Instagram page called We Stella, right? S-T-L-A. And that's got yeah. the same focus. Yep. So disclaimer, I didn't um, make the acronym Stella. Um, that because it's you know quite similar to mine. But um yeah, so uh Diana uh, who works at OPT, um, she's vanilla moon22 on Instagram. Uh-huh. Um I met her through the, through Dustin's Twitch stream and um, we became quite close and we were chatting about, you know, there's not enough women um, in, in this, this hobby and let's, let's do something about it. So we started off just doing weekly little Zoom catch-ups um, with a few of the ladies that we know. And now it's sort of turned into, um, we've got what, 30 something members um, and we have a dis- discord server um, with all different you know channels and the, um, the girls can share their you know their images um, ask questions and it's just a again it's a like I have to say that most of the men that I have come across in the hobby have been so helpful and um, you know encouraging and all that um, but it can get quite daunting for uh, some people you know to ask to ask questions and um, some of our members have had quite bad experiences um, oh really yeah just um, so that's why we we just wanted to make this yeah this space <clears throat> where they can maybe feel a bit more comfortable and ask um, you know fellow fellow females about <laughs> anything that they have to ask where they might feel a bit intimidated to ask a male so yeah yeah I'm really sorry to hear hear that and um to any blokes listening um pull your heads in if you need to <laughs> I think you I think you know when you need to and you you, you need to do it because um it's all about getting people to look up right yeah that's right it doesn't matter who you are what your gender is or anything you know because space is space <laughs> um and I will say though that we have had a ton of support from um, the male community as well, which is really awesome. So, yeah, I don't know if there is a male community or if there's just a bunch of um, <laughs> hairier humans scratching their butts and kind of yeah. <laughs> tables and yeah, you know, giving things a nudge. Um, but yeah, well, okay, well that's good that some of um, so <laughs> at least some blokes are um, are um, being supportive. Yeah. Yeah. So why do you think it's important to get more women and girls into astronomy? 
I, I think because, you know, we have, we have the same level of passion for this, if not maybe a bit more, I don't know. Um, but I think for me, it's about giving them that pathway to get to it. Um, I guess if I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm quite an independent person and I've worked in a, a male dominated industry, so I'm, I'm used to it, but um, you know, some people, they might not be. Um, but yeah, if, if we can build that sort of pathway for women and young girls and, um, and such to, you know, to get into it, like we have so much to offer as well. It's not, the world isn't just the women stay home and cook the dinner and, you know, the man goes out and makes the money as we know, it's not that the world isn't like that anymore. Um, and yeah, and, and maybe, <clears throat> excuse me, we can offer a different perspective, perspectives on things or, um, you know, different experiences. And it's just, yeah, space, space needs to have everybody involved because we don't, none of us, space doesn't belong to any of us uh, individually. That's, I think that's the cool thing, you know, um, it's, it should be accessible by everybody. You're not wrong, and and much of the world has has moved on from from some of that. But um, unfortunately, there's still areas um, that have got a lot of work to do. But women have always had a place um, understanding the stars, haven't they? It's just that structural sexism kind of um, edited them out of um, the roles that they've had. So, and some of the earliest discoveries. Um, in the 20th century, I think, and I wish I could, um, I wish I held in my brain all the details more, but I don't, but um, we're actually um, delivered by women. It's just that um, oftentimes the discoverer in inverted commas ended up being listed as a bloke because that was, that was what was done. Yeah. But, but yep. actually the work was done by women. Mm, yep. And I, I don't know a lot about, you know, the history of all that kind of stuff either um but yeah from what i from the few things i've seen yeah you're right yep yeah 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 um oh well i think i think that's brilliant because i know your daughter plays telescopes right i've seen you um talk about that on instagram before yeah so... and let, let's face it she won't have a choice <laughs> she'll, <laughs> she'll be thrust into this <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, my son has started a, um, he started an astronomy book, um, but um, uh, um, Xbox is more interesting, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We do, we buy all the space books and um, there's actually some really cool books. Um, oh, I think the author is Chris somebody, but they're all like, um, you know, astrophysics for babies and, I'll have to look it up because there, there's just a there's a big range of these books. Those, and, yeah. yeah, yeah, and so I bought them all for her, before, you know, before she was even one. Oh wow, Lisa, <laughs> and I could probably learn from it too. <laughs> Lisa Harvey Smith has written one called "Under the Stars: Astrophysics mm -hmm. for Bedtime," and I reckon I saw that um, on a recent shopping venture, and it and it looked alright. Um, um, explore our solar yeah. system from the comfort of your cozy bedroom. Find out why the sky is blue. Fly around a black hole and peer inside. I mean, this this is kind of all the stuff that kids are really um, captivated by, isn't it? Yeah, um, and even adults. Like, I'm I don't have a science mind at all. Um, you know, I'm I'm learning about different different things as I go along. Like before I started astrophotography, <laughs> asked my husband, I couldn't even grasp the fact that the light you know is however many million years old and is just hitting us now like I can't my brain doesn't compute that kind of stuff so um yeah I'm well it's all that pretty mind-boggling is... isn't it like it's pretty oh, crazy yeah yep it, crazy it really is mind-boggling so how did you come to so you took a photo of the moon how did like what was your journey leading up to that so you don't have a science background, but you Nothing. found yourself taking a photo of the moon. Yeah. So we had a, um, 
a discussion. My husband's in the army and was a little bit tired of things, um, you know, a year or so ago. And he kind of suggested that he wanted to, you know, do some kind of study to do with maybe astrophysics or something because he's a smart bloke. Um, Good idea. I'm like, oh, that's cool. How about we we buy a cheap telescope one day? And me not knowing that, you know, most astrophysicists don't even look through telescopes, but whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> I know, I know. It's all about the data now. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, let's let's one day buy a cheap telescope, and that was sort of the end of the conversation. And then we were at um shopping center and Australian Geographic when it was still there they had um telescopes on sale and I'm like oh let's have a look and we bought (laughs) this $120 I don't even know what model it was telescope and like this is really cool and that that was it like we took it home got it set up and it was a super moon that night and it was clear and yeah, I took the photo of the moon through my, my, um, through the eyepiece with my phone. And I'm like, this is just cool. Like, (laughs) and I was done. Um, and I hear that's, that's quite a common journey for a lot of people getting into this. Um, but before that, no, no science background, don't ask me to, you know, add up two plus two. (laughs) I can't maths. Um, but I did grow up in, uh, border one back in Victoria and it really saddens me because I spent I'm 36 now and I spent what 33 years living in those beautiful dark skies yeah. and not not knowing what I had <laughs> above me um, but I do remember always saying like to, to my friends and stuff I've never seen as many stars as I have here yeah um, and this was in the, the small town I lived in. Um, and just thinking back, I think it's always, and I, and I always remember pointing out um, Orion's belt uh, to my friends and stuff. And again, like no science background, nothing, um, no interest in pursuing science or anything, but it's kind of crazy to think that this whole time I've been, I've been looking at like the the Orion Nebula, for example, but not knowing that it was there. Yeah, um, I know, right? Yeah, yep. So yeah, it, it it makes me pretty sad that I for the, for all those years I I never knew what was up there. And this is another big reason I'm I want to get into outreach, um, especially when when we live back in Victoria, because there's just no well, especially when I was at school. Um, there was no prompting to look up, you know, to, to see what was out there. And especially in those skies, like you've just, you're handed <laughs> the best conditions ever with border one. Um, but yeah, there's just no education, I guess, around l- looking up. So um, one of my big things I want to start uh, hopefully next year, just depends on this COVID business, um is doing some outreach um yeah back home in in victoria so that's super exciting i've got um my regret rig (laughs) that i purchased after that first initial um telescope uh purchase we went back the next day actually and took it back and bought something else bigger and more expensive and completely useless for astrophotography but we live and learn. Oh no! Um, okay, but yeah, I think that that's, does... a, that's a common trap for new players, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, very. Yep, yep. But it does turn out now that it's going to be great for some outreach. So, yeah, yeah, it's um, it'll be fine. But yeah, that is one th- and one thing too that I'm very vocal about is, uh, I guess, find out the best piece of equipment first, like. If I had of uh, if I had known about ASA first, I would have spoken to the guys there who would have said, "Don't buy this six um, SE that I've got, Celestron. Um, buy so that, so buy an EQ an, mount." Yeah, that's an Altaz mount, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lots of telescopes will will get you something for astrophotography, but if you've got an Altaz, you're pr- pretty much you can do do long like you can do deep sky but you're pretty it's pretty much going to be a planetary or rig or or visual right for Altaz 
Yeah. 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 And I did get like my first Orion with it. Um, but I'm also the kind of person who I don't like starting off small. I like <laughs> throw me in the deep end. Um, I love the challenge of how technical it is as well. Um, so yeah, I, I guess not, I don't get bored quickly, but I think I just, I get it too quickly. Does that make sense? Um, so I'm ready to sort of move on to the, to the next thing, which is why I think the old has was, I mean, it was definitely the wrong, the wrong choice, but, um, yeah, I just needed, needed more. <laughs> I know. And I think, you know, we're a bit biased as astrophotographers because like I walked into a shop, um, oh, it would have been last year, I think. And I said to the, to the attendant, why have you got all these, all these Altaz mounts? Because <laughs> yeah, mm. they, they probably had a dozen. And I don't know. I mean, I, sure, they weren't only a telescope shop, right? Um, but, um, and, and they just said, well, these are the ones that sell. So um, I suppose Altaz is probably a bit more affordable, maybe. I'd, I'd, I've never actually really researched Altaz mounts, but um, because yeah. luckily, I mean, when I started taking doing astrophotography I was just using a camera and a tripod and um and I happened to find the Australian Amateur Astrophotography Facebook page before I even had a telescope so I was able to get that lucky yeah first um yeah yeah otherwise because otherwise I'm sure I would have walked into one of these places and well actually you know the first telescope I ever looked through was same story as you but I bought it for my son and um uh it was from um just a retailer and it was a you know it was um wasn't cheap for what it is I suppose and it's mm. um it's um out has not even it's not motorized it's and um but we saw Saturn's rings through it and I was so gobsmacked to see Saturn's rings really tiny but you know, with an eyepiece, it was was alright, and it was in black and white. <laughs> yeah. And, and I was just like, oh wow! And of course, then you start like you holding your phone up, trying to get a picture of it. So then you try <laughs> yeah. and find, you, you go looking for more, and um, you find out what people, are, what people, you know, that there's all these people doing this. So yeah. Um. Yeah. So, um. Cable, you, you referred to cable management earlier with your new telescope. And I know, because um, you're, you, you're good at posting sort of <laughs> progress um, updates, like with your rig as well as with your images. So um, what do you think have been the most important learnings aside from the Altaz EQ mount um, requirement? Um, what are some of the other maybe top three key learnings for you on your journey so far? Yeah, <clears throat> excuse me. So I guess referring to cable management, um, I <laughs> was shamed by one of my good friends <laughs> in a joking way um, about my how terrible my cables were. And I'm like, what are you talking about? That, isn't that how they're supposed to be? And he's like, no, no, that, no, it's not. <laughs> so um, I went on the uh, cable management journey and now it's a, I think it's a bit of an OCD thing now um, that, yeah, I thankfully have not had a cable issue um, with a snag or anything like that. Um, but I've known people who have, and that's one thing that's fears me quite a bit because my setup now is um, uh, quite automated. I suppose I kind of set and forget, um, wake up in the morning and hopefully there's something there to look at, but um yeah, in that respect, you really do need to have your cables very well managed um, so you don't break anything. So that's that's probably my biggest thing. Um, what else? I guess also having backups and stuff. So like if you are, um, you know, you're going away uh, for a weekend or something, have some spare cables or stuff because, you know, you, you USB cables, they do tend to... to crap out sometimes um thankfully again I have not had that issue but I do have spares so I'm always prepared there'd be nothing worse than going out to some dark skies for a weekend and driving you know four or five hours um out to say the Bendelby Ranges where I 
image um, often and not having <laughs> a cable or, you know, having a broken cable. And thankfully the people I tend to travel with um, are like me and they have lots of spares of things. So there's always someone to borrow from, which is handy. Um, yeah, because your backyard is like you you horrible. have a backyard you have a backyard sort of on the northern um metro fringe of adelaide but you, you a, a backyard you visit often is the bendelby ranges so what's an average dark sky trip like for you Talk um through. so so asa we have uh some imaging group uh camps uh, which we haven't had much this year because of covid but um a group of us went up we got together a few times privately and went up. So, um, you know, we might go up on the Thursday, drive up there. It's a good, I think it's only, I think it's only about 300 Ks, but you've got a big stretch of gravel dirt road, which is, uh, it's quite rough because it is, you know, the ranges, there's um, full drive tracks and stuff like that. Um, you can get there in a normal car, but <laughs> probably not the best, but um yeah, so we'll, we'll head up on maybe a Thursday and set up. Um, so we stay at the Springs in Bendelby Ranges, um, which is owned uh, or run by Kylie and Charlie and they're um, amazing people. They really look after us up there and uh, the setup's amazing too. There's a shared kitchen and big um, uh, dining area um, and Shearer's Quarters uh, rooms to stay in which are all air conditioned which is amazing because it wow. gets quite hot up there yeah <laughs> and you can't hear the person next door next to you snoring so <laughs> it's really good um they're very very solid uh brick walls <laughs> um but yeah we have we have the little area there to set up and an image from sorry um so yeah and then we'll probably stay until you know, maybe Sunday or Monday night and then head off. But it's it's quite casual, you know, we'll head up when we can and people will sort of come and go from our group. And, um, yeah, it's always a good time as well and sharing knowledge during the day, um, showing off images and or maybe doing a bit of pics insight um, lessons, I guess. So, yeah, it's it's really fun. Wow. So yeah, it's like a um, it's like an astro intensive by the sounds. Yeah, of it. yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And do you take the whole family? Or is uh, it, I do not mum, because mum I like time. a bit of a break. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Good on you. Yep. It's important. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, uh, one of the driving questions of this um, podcast is, um, if everything is meaningless, why take space pictures? Because they're pretty. <laughs> um, yeah. The community side of things is incredible. Uh, I've, I've met um, some of my really good friends, you know, through this. And, um, yeah, I think it's as much as it is a solo hobby, it's, it can be very social too, which is it's great. You know, people need to, um, to have some some kind of social interaction with people especially during COVID like it's everyone's so isolated at the moment um but also it's taught me so much as well about what's out there um you know I like I said I wish I had have known I can't not that I regret <laughs> my schooling choices um I was an art student but if I had have been into this uh, back then, I probably would have maybe gone down the sciences uh, route, but it is what it is. I've, I've, I found this at 33 and, <laughs> um, yeah, enjoying it. But, yeah, I think it, it certainly makes me um, use my brain a bit more as well, you know, not just be a mum. I, I do have a, a day job as well. But um, yeah, I think it's, it's it's so important to sort of share what's out there and get people who might have that 
little flicker of, um, you know, passion or interest, I should say, or curiosity uh, for space, it can really just ignite ignite that within somebody, um, which I think is really cool. Like how, like just seeing a picture can do that for somebody, I think is really special. Yeah, it really is. It really is. And it's not an antisocial, I agree. It's not an antisocial hobby at all. You, you only have to be involved for five seconds and you realize just how um, socially engaged um, lots of people are even if they're introverts they're still involved mm-hmm. yeah 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 and they're still supportive so i think um um yeah i think it is a place where um that that it's couldn't couldn't be further from being an antisocial hobby i reckon mm. i reckon it's just that you know um in and in fact it's a it's it's a way that you can spend a lot of time on your own in your backyard um, and be more socially involved than you ever were before. I yeah, <laughs> I, I agree. And I'm, I've been part of <clears throat> different clubs and stuff in the past. And um, yeah, I mean, it feels like sort of every other day that I've got a Zoom meeting or something going on uh, to do with the hobby, which is awesome because I love it. And while I don't know as much as a lot of people in this, I feel like I could ramble on about it all day, you know, it's just, yeah, awesome. And I have to just put a massive shout out to um, Dustin and Ginny of OPT. Um, you know, if, if they didn't build the community that they've built, um, especially with the Twitch stream, I, I don't know how much I would have put into the hobby. Um, if that makes sense, like, of me um because before I found that I was I was a little bit deflated with it I guess um but yeah coming across that and finding that the incredible community that is that group of people um you know I'm just yeah I'm here now so yeah I'm so grateful for them yeah it is pretty hard when you're starting out like um I know you talked about you know getting cable shamed um but i hope your friend doesn't ever come and visit me when i'm imaging uh you know if i'm guiding at 0.6 or 0.7 rms i'm happy and if my happen around it doesn't matter to me you know um um, but i realize that you know there will come a time when i might come unstuck but for now it's working out okay but um (laughs) yeah and especially like um it's it's both like it, it surprised me how easy it was in a way to get a decent image but it's also your expectations will always increase as your skills increase I mm-hmm, think. yeah so especially you know when you start following some people or, or joining some facebook groups or or some imaging groups and and looking at other people's images and you think like you know how did they do that and uh, yeah. i've got to have a go at that and um, so it could, it, it, I think maybe it's probably daunting for a lot of people starting out. Um, for yeah, sure, yeah. Yeah, especially most people would be starting out with um, the SLRs that, that aren't designed um, mm-hmm. really to take photos of really dim things. Not really, most of them really aren't. So, you know, and you've got to kind of straight away having to deal with that. Um, as well as all the other aspects that actually do get you a picture. So, are you still using your SLR, or have you gradu- Have you uh, gone to an AstroCam now? I can't remember. No, yeah, I bought a um, secondhand uh, QHY one eight three color camera. Ah, oh, that's right. Yeah, which has so much amp glow, but it calibrates out really well. So I, I love it. <laughs> hey, how do you power that thing? Because I, I took my one six three C to a dark sky. Um, on the weekend it was windy as all get out fortunately which meant that I had trailing in every image but I have learned the hard way that that it needs to be powered externally even if you're not cooling um, mm. yeah because like it was pulling in it was registering some images but the signal just wasn't there 
And then I got on the forums and I've since learned that the chip, the amp and the chip draw power from that cooling power circuit as, as well as from the USB. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I just, yeah, I just have mine not knowing any different. I just, yeah, have it powered all the time. So um, yeah, I, when I go out to a dark sky site though, I've always got, uh, 240 volt power so i can just run anything um oh you have like power points yeah so up at bendleby there's mains power which is oh. really handy oh that's mm. cheating i know that's, that's not a dark sky trip what are you talking about okay all right okay i do actually i do have a, a power hub um a projector power hub which you, you might see on my instagram as well um which isn't really cool little unit that's got the built-in inverter <clears throat> um it shows you your battery performance and it'll it'll update like if as you plug things in i i plugged my rig in for maybe an hour just to test it um because the battery is about five years old it was given to me um which seems to be holding out pretty good but right. um yeah the unit will actually tell you like um how many how much power you're using how long Roughly, it's got you've got left at the power that you're using uh, to run what's plugged in. So, by the way, mounts use a lot of power when they're slewing. Yeah, <laughs> a lot. Yeah, <laughs> I've got a very cheap um, kind of jumpstart kit that I power mine with when I go to dark skies, and it start it has a beep when it thinks it's getting low on power. And there mm. are some nights, really cold nights, it starts up after like half an hour or something. Oh, and, no. And so, <laughs> like, you just, you're there enjoying the serenity under the stars and listening to a very periodic beep. Oh, nice. <laughs> That's what you want. <laughs> you kind of screen it out. So, I, yeah. uh, 31st of October, you posted it about your power hub. So, if anyone's listening and wants to check it out, I can see it there and I can see it's um looks like it will go to at least 3.8 amps because i think i need about four amps oh wait 10 amp outputs there you go so that looks like it could do the trick for me i just need the right mm. cable yeah well see it runs it runs my whole rig which is that's cooling the camera two dew heaters the laptop plugged in and the laptop battery was really bad so it wasn't actually holding charge so it was constantly running yeah. Um, yeah. And what else? I've got the powered USB hub plugged into that. Um, it's also running the autofocuser. And yeah, so my whole rig, it will run really well. Um, yeah. And then that that's a small battery I put in there too, a seventy-five amp hour. I think that's battery terms cool um yeah. yeah uh whereas i'd probably if i was to buy one it'd probably be 110 or something like that yeah just to give me that bit of um extra but yeah yeah yeah, so yeah they're really really cool little units ah, i recommend well, beautiful thank you so uh, what's your favorite um what do you think your favorite image is so far that I've taken, um, yeah. I reckon it would have to be my Trifford. I was just uh, looking it, at that, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it's the first shot that I've taken uh, with this camera um, and with a, oh, probably, no, it's not the first shot I've taken with a dedicated Astrocam, but it's the first shot I've taken with my, as, with my rig as a whole, like, you know, it's, it's mine type of thing. Uh, previously, I was borrowing a bit of gear, um, but yeah, um, that was actually taken at Bendleby. And I just remember I stacked it at Bendleby actually, because I just couldn't wait. And it was 200 and, 260 subs, I think it was. Wow. Yeah, so it took all night to stack. <laughs> um, but I remember getting up the next day and looking at it, I'm like, holy crap. Like, it is, this it is, is seriously beautiful. If I talk people through this, it's got all the. Like you can see the um, dark details. There's rich, the rich pinks that it's so famous for in the blues. And you've got that green sort of coming through as well. And your star color looks amazing as well. And I didn't do much um, processing to it at all. And it only had darks in it. So all of you 
people who think flats are essential. I got news for you. <laughs> what I would say, yeah, I'll give it on a secret. I am such a backyarder that I was sort of like, ah, dice and flats, pish posh for a really long yeah. time. Um, but I would say um, that uh, particularly if you're using an SLR, which you can't cool and isn't modified, I would say darks, like definitely use darks. It's really mm, easy. Yeah. You just sort of connect it to APT and tell it to take 20 at the right, you know, exposure and, and ISO. And, um, and, you know, hopefully you can match temperature, but I haven't found that bit. Apparently that bit's quite important, but mm. I rarely make the effort because it's that, that bit's quite challenging. Um, yeah. So darks for sure, but where I've found flats make a huge difference. Obviously, if you've got something on your optics um, that you need to remove without getting the clone stamp out, um, but that's not usually the case for me. But I do find it really helps when you're in light pollution. Oh, so, really? Yeah, I, do, I just find that um, uh, particularly if I'm imaging with a lens or with a refractor, which is kind of like a lens anyway, right? So, um, mm. but I'll get, you know, you get the bright spots in the middle and like you really want to try and deal with as much of that as you can. You still have your light pollution gradient in the image, but it just seems easier to get rid of that if you've used flats. So I would say like I use, I used to be kind of cavalier about calibration frames, um, but I'm slightly less so now. But one, one advantage if you can get to a dark sky is you've got so much less um, light that you don't want to contend with yeah. that it is a lot easier to, to deal with an image without using calibration frames. And um, if you've, you've used a cooled one-shot color here, so it's, it's about as sensitive as you can get with a Bayer matrix over the sensor. And, um, and your noise levels are really low because of, um, uh, because of that cooling. And I guess you, if you didn't use darks and flats with your Trifford, you cropped out the amp glow you mentioned before? Oh, so I did use darks with the, the oh, Trifford. Did you? I always oh, use darks, okay. yeah. Oh, right, yeah. yeah. Just not flats. Not um, flats, that's the, right. I have to have darks, yeah. Yeah. Um, the amp glow is just so intense with that camera that I need, I need the darks, but yeah. it does calibrate out so perfectly. Yeah, um, and it's that image isn't cropped image. either. Yeah, not cropped. No, uh, so the the scope and the camera were just made for each other. Like, yeah, I cannot get yeah. over how much they're made for each other. It's crazy. It is photography, right? Like, there's a bit of an art versus science debate that can happen mm, in astrophotography. Sure. I kind of think you know it is an art form overall, and I think so. Yeah. yeah. I mean, as you say, most astrophysicists aren't looking through telescopes anymore. They're not working with a visual spectrum. They're working, you know, at other spectra. Um, and um, uh, so the science aspect, like for us backyarders, um, the science aspect is the inspiration that you were talking about before, for me anyway. Right. So you take a picture and you want to find out more about what you just took a picture of, what's going on there. And it sort of yeah. drives you to go kind of talk to someone about it or, or do a Google search. Yeah, that's right. And I've, I've learned from just, this must sound bad, but um, from taking my, my image and then Googling about info about it so I can put that on, on Instagram and make it look like I know what I'm talking about <laughs> um you know how far away the object is or the size of it or what it might be doing like you know Andromeda is going to collide with the Milky Way eventually and examples like that um so yeah it does make you make you look into things more and, and learn so yeah there's nothing wrong with that I feel like um I feel like it's a it's a false debate you know, like, um, have you made art or have you made science when you've taken mm. an astro photo? Like, you, you're doing both. That's right. And there's one thing that I found really negative in this hobby from um, some people is, like, you can put a picture up and there's always going to be someone who says, 
your colors aren't right or this isn't right or that's not right but who, who are they to say what's right with someone else's artwork you know they're they're not so that's one thing I'm quite vocal about too is like I don't think there's there's no right or wrong if you're taking a photo that's not specifically for scientific research or or, or the like um it's art it's it's how you interpret it my colors are going to be different to yours um the way I process something is going to be different to yours you know there's no is your way right is my way right no it's just how we do it it's how you enjoy doing it yeah that's right I mean I think I think that um there is a place for for doing things in, in a scientifically accurate way and that mm-hmm. place is when you are making scientific claims um, yeah, about the images that you've taken. Yeah. But most of us are not. Um, and the people who are probably do um, pay attention to the scientific details and they do photometric colour calibration. And, and that's great, you know, like for, that's really meaningful to a lot of people. Um, and, and I think that um, if, like those people who find meaning in doing that um, will do it. But yeah, like there's sort of no need to project that onto people who who are um, wanting to appreciate what's there, take an image of it, share it with other people, and then find out a little bit more about it. Um, I was just going to say, and I certainly don't do this hobby to please um, anyone else in particular. You know, it's it's for me to enjoy myself and to share with my friends and family and um, and hopefully instill some kind of curiosity in my daughter to, to follow maybe the sciences if she wants to, or art if she wants to, whatever she might, she might be. Um, but just to give, I guess, give people that um, uh, option, you know, to see this and think, that's really cool. How can I do that? Or um, let me find out more about that, that, that object or, you know, to ask me about it or something. Um, yeah, I just, and I love the reactions that I've been getting from my friends and family on, on Facebook when I post, mm. they can't believe that it's, it's real. And I, I was the same when I first started, I'm like, what, <laughs> you know, is that really up there? So what's the weirdest um, thing you know, that's ever happened to yeah. you on a, on a dark sky trip? Have you had any weird experiences? I haven't actually, actually, well, weather wise this weekend, um, this is probably as crazy as my life gets, but um, I was imaging at a friend's farm in Eden Valley and it was the stillest night, like just so still. And it gets really, really cold out there. Um, <clears throat> probably the coldest place I've ever been to, but uh, Saturday night, it got down to about 11 degrees and it was, it was getting quite chilly. This is about one in the morning and all of a sudden this warm breeze came through. I'm like, oh, this is so pleasant. Not ideal for astrophotography, but it was really pleasant because I was getting cold. And um, yeah, it went from like 11 degrees to about 25 in about five minutes. So that was, that's probably the weirdest thing I've come across, which is not that weird, but yeah, (laughs) really bizarre weather. (laughs) So, So you were imaging this weekend just gone? Yep. And you're saying it was really still? Because where I was, it was blowing 30 kilometers an hour. Oh, really? Bloody nightmare. It was horrible. I complained the whole night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is in, in Eden Valley, like in the valley. So um, I guess it's kind of sheltered, but then it's, it's sheltered down below, but yeah, up on the hills, it's, it's quite crazy. But um, but yeah, super still. And I'm covered in mosquito bites because all the mozzies uh, yeah. are out. Um, but once the wind, the, the breeze came through, they all left, obviously. But yeah, really bizarre weather. And then there was um, really woken up at seven in the morning by thunderstorms and the rigs were out sitting out. So it was oh, a mad no. rush to, to get that. <laughs> Lucky, luckily, it was only a few drops of rain. Um, managed to get the, the rigs packed up beforehand. But yeah, just so bizarre weather. But yeah, other than that, I haven't had any anything weird happen. I don't tend to go to place actually. I do have another story. <laughs> so I was heading back from um, Stockport one night and this is when I'd first started. And I stopped 
on the side of a road randomly. Um, and I started taking some Milky Way shots and I hear these dogs start to bark and I'm like, oh crap. And then I hear this voice and he's like, oh, you're right. And I'm like, oh, yes. <laughs> he's like, oh, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm just taking photos. And he's like, at night. And I'm like, yeah, of space. Um, I've just come from the observatory in Stockport. And he's like, oh, well, this is, it wasn't on his property or anything, but he's like, oh, my dogs are barking. I'm like, oh, I'll move. Cause, and I, I couldn't see the house cause it's so bloody dark. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. So that was kind of creepy <laughs> and being from the country and so sheltered. I'm like to come across, I mean, it's, I'm kind of not paranoid here, um, but I guess a bit wary because, you know, I am from, from rural Victoria where, nothing crazy happens so being in the city is a bit a bit uh different but yeah that was um that was a bit of a a um a lesson I guess choose your spots wisely <laughs> yeah well if you can't see the house you can't avoid the house no but, that's true yeah oh well um well, you know, at least he said g'day and he didn't just creep around yeah. in the bushes like so that you thought you heard something, but um, you could never be sure. No, I uh, didn't actually see him because it was so dark and he was on the other side of the car and, yeah, it was, yeah, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> A good outcome in the end, but, I yeah, know. Thank goodness you never know. <laughs> yeah, And that's it's also another reason um, for, for Stella and getting more women involved is so we can have a network of, of other women to go out with um, and go to dark sites because, you know, a lot of women are not comfortable to go out by themselves. So, yeah. Well, look, yeah, and I, I like I'm not comfortable a lot of the time going out by yeah. myself. Um, um, I'm usually with a good mate now, um, but I will, I will still um, sometimes go out alone. But it is, you know, you've got to kind of, I suppose you've got to try to choose a good place, but by nature of dark skies, you're probably going to be um, somewhere fairly remote. So, mm -hmm. yeah, um, I think it's a consideration for everyone, but I could completely understand, um, um, you know, women wanting to image in packs because, because I do too. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah, you just don't know who's out there <laughs> I know that sounds a bit paranoid but yeah you can't can't take chances these days I don't think yeah but the, I guess the best the best recommendation to people would be to do what you've done which is to join a club and mm, sure. and um, join in their dark sky trips where, where you'll always have friendly people around and and um, you know you get a, a high level of safety by imaging in numbers so so that's that's good yeah. yeah, or um, I know with ASA uh, before COVID they were doing because um, they have the observatory up in Stockport, so there's mm. some uh, uh, concrete pads there you can set up your gear as well. So that's always a good option for people if if you have a society close by, definitely. Yeah, yeah, I've yet to try that. I'd be really keen to try that actually. Yeah, it's not too bad. It's powered, which is <laughs> always a bonus. <laughs> Oh, it's on mains power? Brilliant. Yeah, yep, yep. Well, Sarah Longcore, thank you very much for being on Backyarders. I've really enjoyed our chat. It's been a lot of fun finding out more about how you got into astrophotography and the work the work you're doing already um, involving more women and, and girls in astrophotography and astronomy and what you've got planned as well. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was good. I love, love talking about this stuff. So, and yeah, if it helps helps one person get involved then yeah what i chat about is worth it so thank you you're not wrong absolutely you're very welcome thank you for listening to backyarders we'll be back soon talking to another amateur astrophotographer because it's the people of astrophotography who emit the most light you can find out more on facebook and instagram under southern skies or sa underscore astro the intro music to this podcast is brought to you by Reed Mathis, a track called Night Sky, and the outro music is Space Lady by Slink. We'll see you next time.